0: Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. My name is Lisa Collins, and today I'm joined by Sherylia Broadfoot, who is a HR expert and a business coach and mentor. And we're still on the topic of bullying at work, which is proving to be a very uh, successful podcast at the moment. And today, Sherylia is going to talk to us about bullying at work, but in particular, what is bullying? So Sherylia, welcome. Hello and thank you for having me. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. So, yeah, from your HR perspective, just talk us through what bullying actually is. Right.
1: So, bullying is really it. It actually forms part of a bigger piece of legislation and of work with you know within the HR work, and it actually falls under bullying, harassment, and discrimination. And you know, it uh, it's so important because. I think you know, sort of, in in essence, most harassment or discrimination starts off as bullying. But unfortunately, bullying is the only um, is the only area that's not actually defined by law as such. Mm. You know, and we I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, but you know, sort of as as an organisation, bullying is really any time when you are feeling you know another colleague or a, um, Manager or somebody actually makes you feel small or less than who you are. Um, you know, it's um, it's really you know bullying is really about those unwanted feelings um, and something that makes you feel uncomfortable. And so, um, any feelings and that kind of thing is kind of where w- that point in your brain where you start saying am I being bullied? I think so. You know, this is where I need to start paying attention and what's going on. And, you know, that sort of bullying is anything that sort of, that makes you feel frightened. Um, you know, if somebody puts you down or makes you feel less respected, um, you know, it's about things like, um, you know, you could spread a rumor about somebody that that sort of comes in. Um, You know, if you're sitting in meetings, and people are saying to you, um, you know, sort of constantly, they're there. No, no, (laughs) you know, and you know, your ideas are good. Mm. Um, You know, it's, you know, it also in in the workplace, you know, it could be something like not letting somebody go on a training course. Mm. Um, You know, and, again, I, I sort of speak because we need a little bit of balance here because sometimes um bullying is you know if a manager says no you can't do this training course just yet that can be perceived as bullying but sometimes yes. it's just not the right timing mm. or, you know so it's talking about these things of you know of having that sense of balance um and the thing with bullying is you know sort of quite often it starts with being excluding somebody from something or um you know, sort of, you know, that point where, you know, sort of somebody might go and make a make the round of the cups of tea, and one person's not included in that all the time. So, you know, I'm not saying go out and, um, you know, put in a complaint, because somebody's not making (laughs) you a cup of tea, you know, but it's those little things. And when they start becoming persistent, and they start becoming sort of a pattern of behavior, where you noticing, you know, that even though you being part of everything, and you contributing and doing a balanced point forward it's when somebody sort of deliberately excludes you or puts you down or you know as I say gives you that sense of making you feel small even though you're totally competent you've got the skills the experience the knowledge everything that says you mm. can do that
0: yeah yeah And you're right, it's a very fine line, isn't it, between um, understanding, is it just something that's happened that's accidental, or is it bullying? And I guess in the early days of bullying, we're, we're trying to understand that, we're trying to kind of pick that apart, but you're absolutely right. In my mind, the definition of bullying is when there's a repeated unwanted behavior towards you that's not the accidental oh I forgot to include you in the coffee round Um, Mm. it's that deliberate undermining it's that deliberate leaving you out of information so then when you have to go and maybe present something to a colleague or a client you're made to look like you don't know what you're talking about you know so there's some really clear things that you can uh start to witness and understand and 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 see them as bullying but you're right in those early stages you know it it is about not getting that feedback from your boss that you can't go on that training course and then throwing out the the label of i'm being bullied Um, and i guess from a hr point of view you you've had experience of all of all of the above haven't you
1: absolutely and it's you know it's 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 such a difficult um process to manage because a lot of bullying as well is a sense of a feeling you know and that that feeling so how do you quantify that feeling um you know but it's also um that sense of like banter um Mm. You know, and again, how do you quantify banter? Because a lot of bullying is put down to, oh, it's just banter. Yes. Um, you know, and I think, you know, sort of what you mentioned sort of earlier and touched on there was the, the accidental bullying and sort of more of the determined bullying. Mm. Um, you know, I think most people, if it's in an accidental bullying point of view, if you just sort of said, look, you know, did you realise you're doing this and this is how you're making me feel? Mm. The accidental bully in inverted commas would yes. feel mortified and actually yes. uh, you know i'm really sorry i had no idea i was yeah. doing it and they would do something to stop that or Absolutely. To make sure that they didn't do it again or something yeah um, and it's you know it's that determined bully and That's where the, you know, where the problem lies because it starts with a little bit of banter. It starts with a little bit of exclusion. It starts with that, you know, I don't worry, I'll do this piece of work, you don't have to. And then, you know, when you're standing up the next day, pitching or, you know, whatever it is you're doing and you haven't got that and they're making themselves look even better. Yes. It's that, you know, that start, you know, those are the, the points where you actually say, oh, something's not quite right here. And this is where yes. you need to pay attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the bit I want to mention here as well is you're right, you know, so for us, for example, what you could class as bullying or you perceive as bullying might not necessarily affect me. So I do feel that we all come at this from a different baseline, depending on whether we've experienced bullying before depending on whether or not banter is okay for us a typical you know a certain type of banter so it really does depend doesn't it on on our own individual threshold as to what's acceptable for us but i always feel that it you know when i try to explain this to people it is yeah how you're made to feel and if it's continuous if it, you can you can see it's deliberate if you've given that feedback and that person hasn't had the reaction of being mortified and said, look, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I was making you feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the behavior persists, then, you know, you've got a bully on your hands. And that's when the, you know, another thing I wanted to mention is all the people that I've interviewed, especially over the last year have all talked about having that initial instinct of something's not quite right. So it's almost like you go past that, you might have that initial query of, oh, is there something not quite right here? And then you give your feedback, the person's mortified, you go back to normality. But if you, if you don't have that response, it's like your bullying antenna goes up. And you're and, and I'm curious as to, and this is what I'm exploring at the moment, as to whether that I think triggers us into an early fight or flight or an early warning of something's not quite right here, there's a bit of danger, there's a bit of automatically going into survival mode. What's your thoughts and reflections on that?
1: Um, I would agree with you because I think a lot of things from the start, you know, sort of as human beings, we don't want to believe we can be bullied. We don't want to believe that it's actually happening. We've yes. joined an organisation. We're proud to work there. We're earning a salary. A lot is depending on, you know, on us when we're there. And so I think initially we don't even recognise it until it starts becoming a problem. Yes. And it's only at that point where it becomes a problem that we consciously recognise it. Yes. But you're quite right. You know, the brain is sort of picking up on that threat that's coming through, but it hasn't quite filtered through to your sense of reasoning and logic to say, this is actually what's happening because, you know, you know, in the working world, everybody's adults. Adults don't bully each other. That happens absolutely. in the schoolyard. It doesn't happen at work. But
0: yes, actually,
1: yeah. You know, if it started in the schoolyard, chances are very good it's going to carry on through work and adult life. And absolutely, you know, you know, all of that. So, you know, so we don't notice it at the very beginning, and then, as I say, when it becomes a problem, that's when we kick in and go, "Oh, oh, now what do I do?" Because suddenly, then you know, we, we sort of thrown, we're on the back foot and Mm. we sort of going, well, now what do we do? Because actually, you know, I've got a family to support, I've got this, you know, and we are spending the majority of our lives at work. You know, you're sort of thinking, you know, on an average, an average working day, seven to eight hours, depending where you're working, Mm. the higher up the chain you go, the longer hours you're working. So the more time you're spending at work. You know, so you just your brain is in that, you know, what do I do? I you know, mm. it's got a bit got that dichotomy going of is this happening? Am I imagining it? Is yes. it real? You know, is this really real? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's that that constant argument internally before mm. you actually get to the point of going, yes, it's real and now I need to do something about it.
0: Yeah but do you think as well just hearing you speak now thinking so it's almost like we get that initial trigger of the threat and it's like our rational mind you know takes some time to catch up so our instincts have been triggered the threat has been you know instinct um uh, you know it's it's kind of triggered our survival brain and then it seems to take a while for the rational brain to catch up and then when it does it feels like you're already in that fight or flight and then like you say you know not even the we're spending the majority of our time in work, but also this is our, our means of survival. This is our means of paying our bills. This is our means of paying, you know, for food on the table. So this, you know, there's so much more then that kind of comes into the rational brain for you to try to make sense of, but that's what I'm kind of getting a sense of now is that, yeah, we have that initial threat trigger, takes off the rational brain to catch up, but by the time it does, our body and our physiology is already been triggered and it's in that fight or flight. And I guess it's really difficult then, isn't it, to then rationalize and plan and think through about how am I going to get out of this. So that feels when it potentially could be quite damaging and when we start to go inwards and 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 become self-destructive. What are your thoughts on that? Definitely, I mean I would totally
1: agree with that because once we're in that flight or flight mode, we've then got the stressors coming in. And that's when it then Starts, you know, sort of, you know, what do I do that panic? I say panic, not everyone panics because everyone responds differently mm, to that. Yeah. But there, you know, but there is that sense of panic because this is my livelihood. <clears throat> you can't just walk away from a job, the brain says, you know, so you've either got to look after your family and deal, you know, and, you know, suck it in and deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. Until you're, you know, sort of something filters through into your brain. That says, no, 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 no. You know, we need to do something about it. But what is that something?
0: Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess as well, that next step, which we can talk a little bit more in in future podcasts. We've got some plans to do quite a few of these. Um, that next step could look like quite a few different options. There's not necessarily one option. And I know, I guess, from within the workplace, and you'll you'll be very familiar with these, is we've got our workplace policies and procedures. But yeah. uh, in my experience, they, you know, they didn't necessarily help me when I had my own personal bullying experience. And in fact, made things worse. And I know from the people I've spoken to all had a very similar experience as well. But you're right, is at this point there's a selection of things that we can do and and i guess as well it's then understanding really where you are and then what those options are and which route you go down and, and i don't know about you but it feels like that's the bit that we probably need a bit of support and coaching that's not necessarily from hr uh, what are your thoughts on that
1: <clears throat>
0: through my experience
1: um you know and i i got bullied within an hr department yes. which you know which is huge because you don't say or do anything so- you know, that's not the done thing. Um, You know, but for me, it was really about putting that plan together and sort of going, I now need to be accountable for making sure this happens. Yes. And that sense of coaching and development through there is not something anyone ever taught me. No. Um, and it was something that I sort of went actually, I, you know, I need to have this clear in my mind, because I need to understand what I want to do, because every part fiber of my being is saying, just walk out, throw it yeah. out, just just walk away from this, you know, don't worry about what you're going to do next. Um, sometimes, you, you know, people are lucky enough, they can just walk away, you know, there is a safety net with family or, you know, that kind of thing that can support, yeah. them, but not everybody can. And it's that plan um you know i call it a transition plan yes from where you are to you know to that place of being sanity safe secure you know and out of the bullying situation that's so important
0: yeah because there's something here feels important as well about validation it feels like at this Mm -hmm. junction we need that validation to one understand what's happened and to be validated that it has has happened the way that you're perceiving it because I think that's really important to help you to move forward and I always feel at this stage as well that um that people at this stage may choose to go down um a grievance route because ultimately they're looking for three things they're looking for one it to stop the bullying to stop they're looking for two for the validation and then three they want justice you know and I recognize all of those steps and 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 obviously, you know, and and this has been written about many times. One well, a lot of um, you know anti-bullying books, and you know, that has been written that agree, grievance will never give you those three things. And I, I I agree with that. What do you think? Definitely, but there
1: is a little bit more to that conversation as well because um, <clears throat> you you can't get you can't get those just from bullying because you know sort of as I mentioned at at, at the beginning, bullying isn't quite um defined in law
0: yes
1: so it's only when it becomes harassment that we can do something about that from a legal point of view yes um but you know the, and this comes in as well where there's a sort of a difference between having a really good hr team or people that you can rely on and you know the handful of organizations that we know are really bad at things and yes. things completely wrong um but generally, you know, sort of a good HR team. Those policies and procedures are sort of the the equalizer that makes the level playing field that every body needs to play play by. You know, those are the rules everyone needs to play by. Yeah. But it's it's really difficult um, because you know, willing as I say, it's not defined. So, and any point in. Anything that you're doing when it comes to raising a claim or grievance, the burden of proof is on the claimant to prove yeah. that what they're saying is correct. And that's really daunting because bullying, as we sort of mentioned and picked up on, is a little bit of a, you know, they said, they said kind of thing. It's one mm-hmm. word against another. Most and
0: done behind closed doors. You know, the, these things aren't yeah. always done in the open. They're kind of underhand, aren't they? And they are done... Behind closed doors, which is part of the gaslighting and makes you feel like you're going mad. It's, so you're right. It's very difficult, isn't it? And 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 I've always kind of wondered why bullying is not illegal. Uh, but that makes sense now when you explain that. Um, but I've I've always felt as well, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast, um, about harassment, because I always feel that at the core of all harassment is bullying anyway. You know, harassment, you know, it, it is bullying, but it's a bullying of a particular protected characteristic isn't it yeah very much so because
1: harassment is sort of almost like the next level up of bullying in a way yes it's when it's taken to that point where it's actually making you scared it's you know giving you those oh you know I can't be in there and yeah you know and as you say I think um you know it's that because harassment is Got those protected characteristics, um, you know, which is your age, your disability, your gender reassignment, pregnancy and maternity, race, religion, sex, sexual orientation. I think I've got yeah. them all in there. Yeah. Um <laughs> I have skipped one or two, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, it's when those are enshrined in law that those come in. That's when things can happen, and that's when you know, sort of, a good HR team.
0: Yeah,
1: luckily the majority are good. Um, you know, can then step in and you know, sort of, do the behind the scenes investigations, and because it's very, very traumatic. And I think, you know,
0: sort of, when we talk about harassment, I'll pick up on that in a little bit more detail. Brilliant. And on that note, we'll wrap things up here and uh, our next one will focus on harassment. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Take care.